You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Father, we declare that it is well with our souls in the name of the Lord Jesus. Because you are the bishop and the shepherd of our souls, the Bible says you never sleep nor slumber. Our Father, we, we let go. We let go this morning. We know we thought we could fix it. We know we are trying to fix it. But our Father, we let go this morning. We thank you for miracles and divine interventions, even while we're here this morning. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Thank you, guys. All right. Good, 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 good. Good. Um, do you know, remember the name of the person next to you? If you don't know, I, I just, just nice Lagos courtesy to introduce yourself to strangers in church on Sunday. You should never leave church without having met one strange person. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. My name is Idris. In case we've never met, I'm the resident pastor here. It's a huge privilege to bring you God's word this Sunday morning. Just one person name. That's all I ask. No number. Just name. Relax. <laughs> like, what's your MTN number? What's your WhatsApp number? Are you on Facebook? <laughs> Relax. God's got you. All right. Um, Throughout the month of April, we've discussed Mission Possible and our mandate as ambassadors on a diplomatic assignment to preach the gospel. Paul says in Romans chapter 1, it says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of our Lord Jesus. It says, because it is the power of God unto salvation for all who believe. And we read out of and have you know, gotten through that framework, if you like. Uh, could you just kill the monitors because it's big sound coming out of them. You just read out of Acts chapter 1 where Jesus says that you will receive... The Holy Spirit, power from on high, says, and you will be witnesses for me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and all of the earth. And we said, you know, we talked about the different things, uh, where Jerusalem is, where Judea is, uh, where Samaria is. And today we talk about the rest of the earth. Uh, we talked out of Mark chapter 16, where Jesus says, go and preach the gospel to all, every creature. Thank you. Uh, says, uh, making disciples of all nations. We established that everybody is gospel worthy. Every single person is gospel worthy. Um, doesn't matter where they've been. In fact, the more it looks like men think they are not worthy of the gospel, actually the more worthy of the gospel they are. All right, help me tell the person next to you, you are worthy of God's love. You are worthy of God's love. Worthy of God's love. And God gave his son Jesus for our sins, okay? And man needs to receive God's love. The gospel we have established is more powerful than any ideology, anything, anything you could find on the earth. Uh, and that's why when Paul then says to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 uh, that we are ambassadors, um, he, 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 he begins to talk about what we call the foreign policy of heaven. The fact that God wants everyone to be saved. He wants people everywhere, regardless of who they are, to be saved. And that, that at the name of Jesus, accepting the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, there is an opportunity for everyone to be saved. Today, we very quickly put this plane on the tarmac, land it, and we talk about the rest of the world. Okay? Jerusalem, immediate family, our closest friends. Judea, those who, same language, within proximity, but there's slight differences in dialect. So professional colleagues, extended family, people who there is a point of contact. We spoke about building bridges. Samaria, John chapter 4, Jesus, or so the Bible says of Jesus, 
He says, or the woman, of, the Samaritan woman says to Jesus, because Samaritans do not speak to, 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 to the Jews. We don't have any conversation. We spoke about how there's so much Samaria in our world. And because we have no conversation, sometimes we do not think it exists. But we said how that someone needs to take the gospel to Samaria. And it was interesting how, I think it was two weeks ago when we spoke about uh, how there was a drug crisis in our country that sometimes we, we just ignore because, you know, we, 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 we're Christians. Yeah. Uh, but and it was interesting how a story then broke on the BBC, I think it was somewhere, where there was this whole codeine thing, right? And it's like, oh my God, codeine. People are just drinking it like uh, Nestle. It's water. It's like, you know. Um, and it's amazing how you can just be in the city and like, well, it's not, no, it's not, it's not happening in Lagos. But it is happening in the city. And Samaria, I was saying, is where we have to go. And last week we interrupted that whole discussion with a discussion about callings. One big thing I can remember from uh, last week was this concept or this statement, respect your calling. You have me tell the person next to you, respect your calling. Respect your calling. Because the one who is calling you is God. And his voice is more important than any other voice on the earth. God's voice is more important than your best friend's voice. God's voice is more important than the voice of culture, of tradition, is more important than the voice of society. It's more important than the voice of your pain. Very important. God's voice is more important than the voice of your pain. Your feelings. God's voice is more important than the voice of your feelings because your feelings can only reference the here and the now. Your feelings can only reference the here and the now. Predictably, Arsenal, get knocked out of the Europa League. You are sad. Here and the now. It will come again next year. Right? Don't worry. But my, I just had to let it. I wanted to rant about it for a while. Okay, but, 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 but God's voice references not just what happens now. Who knows? They might win the Champions League next year. But your feelings don't know that yet. So you're still sad. You're still depressed. You burnt your jersey. Hold on to faith, my brother. Okay? The ability to hear God's voice puts you in a place where you are hearing thoughts that existed way before you were born and speak about things which go further than time. Okay, so it's, it's important to respect your calling. I was talking about how there was a calling upon the church as a whole, uh, but there were things which God is calling the church to do according to his agenda, but that there's also specific callings to people. And I just said, look, I believe that God is staring up people to places, to seasons, to times. In, you know, he's asking people to do simple things, big things. I don't know who you are. But, you know, Hebrews says, uh, it says, when you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. Let me tell the person next to you, do not harden your heart. In fact, uh, what's the reverse? Tell them, soften your heart, soften your heart. Tap them, just soften your heart. Right, right. Um, so how do we reach nations? How do we contribute through the global work of missions on the earth? How do we reach missions? All right, I, I've got two or three points to run through. But before I do that, uh, there's a body called Capro who, uh, you know, have done a tremendous amount of missionary work in our country and I think even beyond our country. Uh, we've asked them to come by and, you know, very quickly in 10 minutes talk about the work that they're doing. And um, 
I think to this subject also, and I'll come and wrap it up. Let's welcome Mr. Adede Jadekunle from Capro as he shares with us very quickly this one. Let's put our hands together as he comes. Praise the Lord. Um, I think it's a privilege for me to be here this morning. Um, I want to thank Pastor Idris for this. Um, well, I work with Capro as a missionary. I've been involved with Capro for 21 years as a volunteer. But I've been involved as a full-time missionary for nine years now. Um, but the point is, it's not about Capro. I'll, take, I'll talk a little of Capro, but it's just about God and what God wants to do in the world God created. Somebody said that the best use of your life is to use, spend that life for something that outlasts that life. And William Carey said that if you want to know the will of God, you need to get your Bible open and you need to get the map of the world open. How many of us have heard about 1040 window before? 1040 window. All right, I think in the mission enterprise, we refer to that window as a resistant belt, as a belt where the largest unengaged people, if I say unengaged people, I'm saying that people that there is no single church, no single mission agency targeting them in the world. And there are about 1,347 of that group. I'm not talking of countries. I'm talking about people groups. How many of you know that in Nigeria alone, we have more than 500 people groups? We have the Fulani, we have the Dukawa, we have the Isawa, we have the Mumuye, we have the uh, 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 Dukawa people. Quite a number of them. And each of them, God said, we must reach out to them. If you look at Revelation 5 and then Revelation 7. You know, but I would like to read the scriptures to you, a, a particular passage of the scriptures in the book of Luke. Jesus was talking about the shrewd servant. You know, after this master said, no, you can't be uh, in my service anymore. Look. 16. I'll just read 15. I'll read 15. Okay, this is message. Let me read something else. And I look. Okay, look 15. Look 16, 15. I read. Jesus said, Yeah. Say, he said to them. You are the one who justify yourselves in the eyes of others. But God knows your heart. What people value highly is detestable to God. Maybe this is one of my driving force as a person. Uh, that I am spending my life on something that people may look down on. I remember when I was resigning from my office, I worked with a microfinance bank at the time. And my uncle that signed as a guarantor for me said, are you sure this your pastor thing will pay you off? He said, it's not about me. It's about God. And that's the first thing I said. It's not about Capro. Uh, for Capro, God has helped us for the past 43 years. We have been in this business reaching out to people that are unreached. Men and women that have not heard about Jesus before. For the first time in their life. And we've seen tremendous testimony happening. We work in 36 countries of the world. We are presently in five continents out of the seven continents that we have all over the world. So God is helping Capro to do what he wants us to do. But I say it's not about Capro. It's about the purpose of God being fulfilled in the world that God has created. Hallelujah. I want to just pick some things and then 
before my 10 minutes will be out. Okay. So the 1040 window is the resistance bay, like I said. It's between the 10 degree north of the equator and 40 degree north of the equator. I believe that when we're in secondary school, we, there's something like longitude and latitude. So if you look at your graph and you can plot that, uh, you will get what we're looking at. So in that particular location, you have 61 different countries in that window. So in that window, we have the, you know, when you say you are poor and the poor say you are poor, 82% of the world, I don't know how to put it, what poorest people live in there? You know, I was just uh, chasing with pastor in the office and he said that he was in India one time. I said, the prophet is alarming. Anywhere the gospel is allowed to thrive, the light will be there. And that's why maybe we are enjoying so much in Lagos. We feel, oh, everywhere is like Lagos. No, everywhere is not like Lagos. There are still places that the gospel, when you get there, say, do you know Jesus? Say, wow, is he one of the new footballers? You know, because they don't know about who Jesus is. For instance, in India, India acted three, I mean, three million gods that they worship every, you can imagine, during uh, Muhammad's time, I learned there were about 360 gods. So God, a god has a day for itself. But in Indian presently, you cannot say in a year, you will finish worshiping all those gods. In this our century, and in, the gospel has been in India for more than 100 years. If you know Apostle we, um, uh, Thomas, he was one of the missionaries that went to India. Uh, the point I'm trying to make is that there's still a lot of work to be done in the world that the Lord has created. It's not about us. It's not about our person. And that's why I read that scripture in uh, Luke 16, 15. You know, the world may esteem something so high, but to God, they are an abomination. You know, it, it, the message said that some see it as monument or monumental, but for God, it's monstrous. Do you want to spend your life to build something that is temporal, something that will not last eternity? Or you want to spend that life to build something that eternity will speak of you? And I want to challenge you this morning that in any way you can be involved in reaching out to the world, particularly the unreached people. You should do, like Pastor said, our Jerusalem, our Judea, our Samaria, but the ends of the earth, because the Bible makes us understand, you know, in Matthew 24, verse 14, it said, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached as a witness among the nations, and then the end will come. Without the gospel getting to the people, God will be unfair to judge them. And we can hasten that. We can do something about getting uh, the gospel to the rich people. There are quite a lot of testimony I would love to share. You know, but this 1040 window is a major focus for us. Well, maybe in, in a corner of our heart, we believe that if the gospel could get into this 1040 window, uh, it should draw the coming of the Lord fast. I want to go. I'm serious. I want to go. Every morning you drive out of your house, 5 o'clock, I must leave my house because I want to get to Yaba. You know, there's a lot of things that it's like, well, maybe we are, we are now used to it, but it's not normal. It's not normal. It's not normal. Your, your, your boy will wake up, oh, where is daddy? You know, you come back, your boy will be sleeping. It's, 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 
it's, it's worrisome. I mean, maybe for me. You know, maybe, well, I don't want to die. I want to fulfill my purpose on earth. But I want him to come. I want him to come. So I want to do all I could to hasten that, you know. And in the 1040 window, 97% of the world or rich people live in that. For instance, India has 1.3 billion people. In the world today, how many do we have? Huh? Well, the last I checked is 7.5. And then a country in Asia takes 1.3 billion, million, I mean, billion rather. And then China has 1.4. So plus China plus India gives you what? Huh? And that's just two countries in a particular continent. So there's a there's need for a lot of work to be done in that area. If we are not careful, we will be here believing that everywhere is okay. Somebody is doing the same thing we are doing here over there. The truth is the Lord is counting on us. God actually wants us to step out and do something about the unreached people and unengaged people. Thank you very much. God bless you for the time. Let's put our hands together and celebrate. <clears throat> Thank you so much. He said to me while we were in the office that his, himself and his wife are looking to go to India soon, sir, right? And we trust God as a church that he would open doors for you in Jesus' name. Anybody interested in going to India? Not as tourists. No, not to go and buy human hair. No, no. <laughs> to preach the gospel. Touch your neighbor. Tell them God is calling you. And me too. <laughs> In 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 5, Paul says to Timothy, he says, But you keep your head in all situations and your hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Discharge all the duties of your ministry. The power of missionary work. And I wish he had you know, tons of time to speak about all the work they do and all the places they go to. It's amazing where we go to. Because when he started talking about India and China, I was like, well, I've been to India I, wasn't, I didn't go to preach. I went to China. I didn't go to preach. Um, but it's amazing all the places we go to and places we plan to go to. Uh, and I just ask, where are you planning to go to because of the gospel? Wh which one place? I know you want to go. Where's the nice place? Sorry, where, where's, what's in your dream list? Sir? Sisha. Paris. Oh, Paris, nice. Oh, Dubai. Dubai is okay. Yeah, that's hot, but okay. Where else? People... Seashell, what's, what's inside these seashells? Where did now we wearing small, small clothes and be standing at the beach? What else? Where else? Falabi, where are we going to? Benin? Where else, guys? Come on. Australia. Rome. Where? All the places where you, are, you, 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 um, you feel the form, you go to the Consular office and act very gentle and humble. Yes, sir. I will sit here. No, it's fine. I'm coming back to my country. You do all the things. I have money, sir. Look at me. I'm well behaved. You, you do all that. Just give me a visa. My question is, where are you going to? Where are we going to? Because of the gospel. Bible says that we are co-laborers with God. And so, I mean, from time to time, and I think he brought some material which ushers will share around, Capro and some other organizations will organize missionary trips. Two, two, two weeks. You head to some country and go to Tanzania, two weeks. 
Will you consider, I beg you, and me, myself, I'm begging us, would we consider taking half of your vacation one year and going on a missionary trip? I can see everybody shaking their heads, okay. God is seeing you too. <laughs> but I'm serious. Would you consider spending a holiday one year as a missionary? As a missionary? Would you even say, look, when I turn 30, when I turn 40, I will take a gap year, I will take one big year and just go off wherever God will lead me. And this is important for us, understanding that that is how the gospel has been spread around the world. Especially regions that are fraught with violence and deep-seated resistance like he was sharing earlier to the preaching and the teaching of the gospel. There are places in Nigeria where you don't just show up and, say, and start singing, you know, all these songs we sing. There are streets in Nigeria where you don't just go and start singing uh, who's chasing after me? What are all those songs that we're singing? We don't, you don't do it. Even you advise yourself. You hum it in your spirit. You don't sing it out. Not because you don't like the music, but it is just, it is in the air, the resistance to the gospel. Um, when I went to India, I was, I was just, I mean, for somebody who's grown up in Nigeria, and then you've been in Benin, which is the headquarters of certain things, uh, I was, ah, no, I, I was humbled. Ah, no, no, those guys have idols. I, you could, they, and so you know the time we went to, like, do, we went to the whole class of Europeans, so we do all these tourists, and sometimes you enter some markets and you're like, ah, ah, ah we, we don't do this in Benin. It's just everywhere in your face. I remember China and how wanting to go to church on a Sunday, you, there are churches that Chinese nationals could not go to. I think there were certain churches that for you to get in, you had to even show your passport to show that you were not a Chinese national. It is institutional resistance. And God is calling people. He's calling people. He's not calling strange people somewhere. It's you and I. He's asking, who will I send? Who will I send? We hear all the stories about people trying to smuggle Bibles into certain countries. And you're like, How? I remember being in Dubai on one particular Friday uh, in church service, and they said to us that that particular Sunday, there could be no music in the entire land. And I remember that church service was very funny. I don't know if God remembers, uh, uh, because we, the choir did not sing. Even the pastor preaching, so one time when he would say, praise the Lord, said, no, 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 they couldn't shout. And God is sending people. So would someone consider responding to God. It's third John, chapter John, verse 5 to 8, I read in your hearing. It says, Dear friends, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers and sisters. Even though they are strangers to you, they have told the church about your love. It says, please send them on their way in a manner that honors God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans, we ought therefore to show hospitality to such people so that we may walk together for the truth. The power of missionary work. I mean, I, 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 I have to dwell on, because there's a way you can get lost in your own existence. For someone, and I don't begrudge you that, your major goal in life is your wedding on Instagram. 
you've already identified the wedding planners. It's a mix of Funke, Buckner, and I don't know the other lady. You've already identified the colors, yellowish green and velvet purple. The dance routine, you have written it complete. It's just the last part you are waiting to incorporate the latest dance in the time. You, you are so, but it's not bad, okay? But I'm saying, would you make space in your heart for what beats in God's mind? I suspect your wedding is somewhere in God's mind. I'm not in God's heart, so I really don't know. But I suspect God wants you to get married, you know, in a nice manner. And, and invite me if the food is good, okay? Uh, but, but I'm saying there, there perhaps are big things in God's mind. Head nudge the person on the other side and tell him God is calling you. God is calling you. Tell him, stop ignoring God. He's calling you. He's calling you. And I say to myself the same things that I say to the church today. Because you know you can just be fine, like who's some of the fine boys in our church? Like Fumbi. You know, you guys know Fumbi, tall guy, like he's fine. He just, he just walks in, you're just like Fumbi after you're just greeting your fans. <sighs> And there is just windows that God is opening, looking for people to send. Look, if God is calling you to be a missionary, I assure you that you will be the happiest person there. But sometimes you never really know. Sometimes the call becomes clearer as you are on the way. So would you hack in? Would you listen? Would you try? The power of prayer. Paul would repeatedly, as they went on missionary journeys, ask for the local church to support in prayer. In fact, Jesus, in Matthew chapter 9, and 36 to 38, says that when he saw the crowd, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. It's interesting that Jesus doesn't say pray that the people will get saved. No. He says, would you pray that the Lord of the harvest will stir up people and send? And Paul, as he writes to the different churches, would clearly ask, he's literally begging, saying, would you pray for us? In fact, when I was speaking with Brother Deji earlier. He said, he said, you know, we, we ask for a lot of things from churches. He says, but the biggest thing that we ask from the churches is prayer. So how much of our prayer is dedicated towards the spread of the gospel in the ends of the earth? Because I know that, you know, we, and I, 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 don't, I, love, I love a good prayer meeting. And sometimes you can test the temperature of a prayer meeting. Because there's some prayer points that you can call, huh, your spirit doesn't really... So let's pray for national, uh, the country. Ah, I said, which country? <laughs> and let's pray for the country. Say, we've been praying for the country. Nothing's happening. They're stealing my money. Well, let's pray. Let's just, for this one, I'm just going to pray in tongues. I'm not saying any. Just pray. I said, let's pray for your career. That God will promote you bigger than your neighbor. <laughs> the prayer starts to catch fire gradually. Let us pray. That for your marital destiny, 
God set the solitary, you just shout, in families. In families, that's the scripture. Let's pray. That's the point. Then let's pray for all our enemies. And start hearing people click in there, like, kill them, you know. And, but my point is, let us pray for Syria alone. Like, what? <laughs> Why? How? What, what's our business? <laughs> okay, let's not go all the way to Syria. But who's praying for just? Who's praying for Kano? Who's praying for all the cities where on a daily basis we can see the Bible calls him the spirit of disobedience at work. You can see the devil mounting as it were roadblocks to the spread of the gospel. Because what do you think happens when they say they killed, uh, they went into a church and they just they killed two priests and they killed people who are worshipping and doing praise and worship. And then I say, IBK, God is calling you to my degree. Say, hey, that's not God. <laughs> It's not God, it's not the Holy Spirit, it's not Jesus. I know it. My father is a bishop. <laughs> Even when he tells his father the bishop, God is coming to my degree. He said, no, didn't you hear they killed people recently? We're not going there. He said, let's just repent for the disobedience now. We're not going. Because what happens, the more all that killing happens, is that people just say, that's it. Even the one that had heard the call before, the guy that was in the bus, he says, this is a sign. And so we need to pray for boldness. Sometimes Paul will say, pray for us, but God will grant us boldness. Sometimes he would say, but God will open doors for us, and an effectual door of ministry be opened for us, because they will not go successfully without our prayers. And so it's important to pray for all the things that we so dutifully pray about, but we must provide prayer support and cover for those on the mission field. In fact, we must begin to recognize and receive burdens for specific cities and nations as the Holy Spirit leads us. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and I think it's uh, verse 1, Paul says, As for other matters, brothers and sisters, pray for us that the message of the Lord may spread rapidly and be honored, just as it was among you or with you. There is something about the spread of the gospel, the speed with which it spread, that is tied to the prayer of descent. We tell the person next to you, are you praying at all? Are you praying at all? Are you praying at all? Uh, Paul says, the God of this age has blinded the minds of those who believe not. So it's not just it's not, just, it's not just somebody talking to somebody else. There is a spiritual force that we are contending about, against. Um, and and they, they attribute this prayer to a gentleman called John, John Knox, I think. He was the gentleman, I think, who was uh, one of the founders of the Presbyterian Church. And he would say, give me Scotland or I die. Who is asking God for Abiyokuta? Who's asking God for Abuja? Who is asking God? Somebody say, God, give me New York. God has already given that to me. Relax. Relax. But who is asking God for these places? Who, who is asking God for Oshobo? Who is asking God for Ife? Who is asking God for Port Harcourt, for Benin? For Bonu, who is asking God on a daily basis, who is providing support, 
who is, who is saying, Father, I'm praying in the Spirit for 15 minutes every day just for the work of the gospel in the city of Joss. Who? Because there is such a thing as getting lost in your own experience. Don't forget 2 Corinthians chapter 5. That we are ambassadors from God. And the ambassador does not get into the country and get, for, and get entangled with the culture, with the politics, and forget the mandate that he or she has been handed from their home. I deeply pray for us as a church that God will scatter some of our plans. Yeah, that he would, he would disrupt some of our thinking in the coming days. Um, one more thing, and we'll put this on the Funding, ah, money. We say, hold your wallet, hold your ATM card. Pastor's about to talk about money. But you will read through First uh, Corinthians chapter 16, Second Corinthians 8 and 9, I think, and you would see Apostle Paul begin to talk about something he calls the collection, right? So it was like, not just an offering, it was the offering. Because missionaries and the work of missions requires support from Christians, from local churches, all sorts of people. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I read that quickly. It says, now about the collection of for the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up. So that when I come, the collections will remain. And they will take that. And from the collections, they will send out missionaries. They will attend to the needs of churches who were in places where they had a famine or there was resistance or persecution. But they put their money where their mouth was. In fact, we say that when you check what you spend your money on, it's one of the clearest indications of your values and your treasure. Help me ask the person next to you, what are you spending your money on? What are you spending your money on? That is shaking their wig and say, can't you see? <laughs> can't you see? Paul says to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 2, For I know your eagerness to help, and I have been boasting about it to the Macedonians, telling them that since last year, you in Achaia were ready to give. So when we say give an offering, uh, honestly, we are not saying fulfill all righteousness. We're saying, would you, through your local church, support the work of missions? Would you give to missionaries? Would you find someone that is going on a mission trip and say, here's $1,000, here's $10,000? Would you look for what God is doing outside of you? Some of you guys are saving money for wedding. You don't, you don't even have girlfriend. Relax. God has got you. Why don't you take that money and send it upward? Let them go and save souls. Demilade. <sighs> Tell your neighbor, will you send some money into the kingdom? And you know that, and it's, 
is it, so always, I find it important to say this in today's world, that when you give money, it's not so that your pastors will look nice. So. No, we, have, we are struggling it out with God too. The same way you are host, we're all with God talking. God provide our needs. I'm serious. So, so that's not, no. So when we give, it's for the running of this church family so that there is a pause from which when someone says, I am in need, I need help with healthcare, I need help with accommodation, I need help with A, B, C, D, E, that we can do that and we can also support people. And by the way, if there is anyone who wants to go on a mission trip and you need support, come talk to us. Talk to uh, Pastor Tolu Adelo. We're happy to send you. We're not sending you on vacation to New York, oh. No, 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 no. We're not doing that one. I can go there myself, okay? <laughs> when I prepared for this, lastly, Noah's ark, you know, kept ringing in my heart. And is this about the power of a small thing? Can the keyboard just come up, please? The power of a small thing. And he's saying there is work happening at the farthest parts of the earth. However, in today's world, with things as little as technology, little things like Pamela's Instagram account, right? So sometimes Pamela puts, oh, this is the latest picture of me slain at this wedding that was held at this place. Hey, my side view. Swipe left for the right view. And then there's a girl, a little girl in China who is in all oh, Pam. You've got to put that off. Who says, Pam. Oh my goodness, I love your hair. And Pam says, oh, yeah, I love, I love you too, my fans, or whatever. You know, and my point is with technology, you'll find the distance is breached so quickly. So someone, God has given you opportunities that are not restricted by distance and by time, by culture, by government. And he began to talk, someone you're writing, and you're not writing for Nigeria. Someone you, God has called you to start a blog, and it's not for Nigeria. He would say to Noah, go build an ark, and one nail after the other, one strike after the other. I mean, people probably laughed at him and said, what madness is this? What craziness is this? But sometimes God's will is done one strike of the hammer after the order, regardless of who believes it or not. The power of a small, I don't know who God is calling. I don't know who God is trying to, as it were, distract from the things that have distracted us. We could have tried to sell this mission to us by saying, guys, there is so much blessing that comes upon you when you preach. But then you will just be in it for the money. You will just be in it for the blessing. As I put this together as a roundup, and that's a, you know, something that pastors say when they're about to take off again. Say, finally, church braces themselves. And it goes off. But this is really rounding up. I'm done. I, I'm out of notes. Really, I'm done. Yeah, I'm done. To put this together, it is our Father's work. It is the life of our loved ones in Jerusalem. 
It is the lives of those who you live with, your extended family. It is their souls. Do you hear the shouts from Samaria? I know you're worried about the elections. You're worried about your promotion. You're worried about Falaka's love. You're worried about your car. You're worried about your child. But do you hear the shouts of pain around you? When you get on the bus, do you even feel people straining and reaching out to God? Do you hear the people who in all their cynicism and all the skepticism that they push out on social media are really just crying for the love of God? Is there anyone who understands that God has called us to social engineering with love? To build bridges in strange places that the gospel can walk upon. Is there someone who would take their story, share a God experience, put something on Twitter, put something on Instagram, sing a song for crying out loud? Is there someone who understands that it is not all that glitters that is gold. The fact that it is in a Range Rover does not mean that it is even happy. Is there someone who would let their heart beat like God's beat? Would tune their ears to God's voice? I talked to a set of people in church today. People who have been listening to their pain. I know they've got issues. Paul says, I had something. I kept saying, God, take this away from me. He didn't want to take it away from him because it was pleasant. He was dealing with the issues. The Bible says Jesus was tested in all things like us. So the Bible says we do not have a high priest who is not untouched by the feelings of our infirmity. But the Bible says for the joy that was set before him. It gets to a place where the soldier, the Bible says he endures hardship. He says, look, I know I feel all those things. He says, but there is a call. Last week we said there's an upward call. This, this preacher is starting to preach again. Okay. Would you please tap the person next to you seriously? I know you've been wanting to hit them all service. There's a good chance to do that. And tell them, oh boy, oh boy respect your calling. Respect your calling. Our Father, we thank you. Our Father, we give you praise. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.